Hey, you made it! Yeah, you said to get here as fast as I could. What am I doing here? Why am I here then? So, we're here because we're celebrating the launch of the AVP podcast episode. I ain't even edited it yet. You might want to hold your horses, don't count your chickens, fella. There's no time for that. Here, look at this package we got from Jane. That was fast. Yeah. Oh, 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 there's something in here. Oh, that's what I read the note. Well, well hey, hey, wait, wait a minute. I, I know what that is. Wait, wait. Shush, wait. Shush, 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 shush. I'm reading. <clears throat> Thanks for having me on the pod, fellas. This is for you. Glad I wasn't holding that. Welcome to another episode of the Waffling Tailors. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of the hosts, and with me today, as always, is Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. Would you get it right? How are you, Squidgy? Would you get it right? Hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. There we go. How are you, Squidgy? <laughs> I'm not too bad. I'm psyched. I'm pumped. What on earth got a hold of this guy? You know, absolutely. Um, <laughs> we, we're incredibly, incredibly lucky today because we are. Oh, yes, we're joined by Jane Whitaker um, of uh, multiple titles, hundreds of titles. I would, I would assume. Um, I did try to check today on Moby Games, but only a few were listed. But uh, forty years in the industry, mm-hmm. it's uh, Jane Whitaker of AVP Frame. If you've ever Ooh. played. Alien versus Predator on the Jaguar, you have played a game that Jane was um, critical in, in bringing out. So how are you, Jane? Are you all right? It's, it's, a, it's a pleasure to meet you guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing great. I, I, I love the intro. Thank you. It's, it probably is over 100 games. I've never, I've never sat down and counted them all, to be honest. And, uh, and because I did most of my games as Andrew, I think Moby Games got a bit confused. And there's like, there's like half a dozen things there. Some of them aren't even mine. So, so Moby Games is completely messed up. Mm-hmm. I suppose Moby Games is similar to like IMDb in that it's it's someone's job to actually, you know, it won't be an automated service is what I'm getting at. It's someone's job to actually go on and edit those things. So perhaps there might be, you know, we're calling you out now, Moby Games. Hey, uh, maybe you yeah. should have someone just double check things, you know? Yeah, it, it yeah. come, come and speak to me. Thank, thank you for praising me for a couple of games I didn't do, but there we go. <laughs> i mean yeah it's just yeah <laughs> hmm. uh, i mean it's, it's it's easy to it's easy to like i say it's easy to sort of check the wrong box or you know like if i can imagine a, a like a, a data input job you wouldn't have you wouldn't necessarily have to know the domain you wouldn't have to know video games to do it you know somebody says here's a big piece of paper with everybody's name on it that worked on this game just do whatever magic you do to enter the data and if all you're doing is doing what you've just been told then naturally if the data's wrong you're going to get it wrong aren't you so That's it. And i they, can appreciate that and then the problem there Jay, is was when i was doing games under it because the nando we got a company called guild hall entertainment so there's two of us with the same name in the in the games industry at the same time so there's, there's something i think it was some bmx simulator or something and some some racing game on the on the mobile games well 
Guys, that's the other Andrew Whitaker. That, that wasn't me. <laughs> the Andrew Whitaker at Guildhall. <laughs> I see. I mean, I, I can understand that. At my very first programming job, there was someone else in the same company with the same name, and no one thought, hey, you know that email format that we have first name dot last name at company name? Well, what happens if we create another record with the same format, with exactly the same spelling of the same name? And I used to get all these emails about accounting, and I'm like, uh, I don't know what's happening here. I've, I've <laughs> got one better. Just, we're totally digressing here already. We already just started. What <laughs> if I change my name to Bill Gates? Will I get email? <laughs> Maybe so. Yeah, he might get his paycheck. You never know. Um, <laughs> just, just, just to continue the tangent. One of my previous jobs, um, there was another person in the company. I'm not going to say who it was, um, with the same name as me. Just didn't have my middle name. And not only did I get his emails one month, I got his paycheck. Oh. Yep. Yeah, which was a lot more than what I was on, but they they sort of compensated by giving me less the next month. Yeah, <laughs> which, it was nice. Companies will do that. Yeah, that's that's, that's a big number. No, wait a minute, that's not me. I rung them up and said, "What the hell's going on? We'll sort out next month." Okay, I'm going to spend this. By the way, <laughs> you're lucky. Uh, when that happened to me, um, I was working um, uh, retail. And I got one of the the CEO's paychecks somehow, and they not what it was for about thirty seconds mm-hmm. until they called me up and said we want the money back. And I'm like, oh, hang on, <laughs> that's that's not how that works. <laughs> that is not how that works in banking. That's not how that works. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. <laughs> one tangent to the next. Right, what are we doing? Absolutely, that's what we do here. Tangents galore. That's oh, what yeah. we don't talk software. What software? I, I don't know. It's that, that I was going to say it's that wibbly wobbly stuff, but that's jelly, isn't it? Have you seen my coding? <laughs> Believe me, Jane, you haven't seen any of my code. So, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Um, so, one of the things that we do on the show, uh, Jane, if you don't mind, uh, you know, Squidge and I will do this anyway, um, is (laughs) one of the things we do is we just talk about if we've been playing any recent games, right, and whether we'd recommend them to anyone. Um, uh, Are you, you, if you'll pardon the pun, game for this? I don't know whether you play games these days. I mean, come on, you've got to play games to make games. Oh, okay. I'm not not that old of consciousy yet that I can't play games. I've been... I've, I've been playing Valheim for, for the week and it's been oh. tough to get in the way of my work schedule because I've been busy. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm, a, I'm a woodsman this week. <laughs> Got to be that best Viking you could ever be. Uh, you, know, you know what, from, from the point of view of the job, being serious for a second, you, you see these 700 people making a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Valheim was five guys and you say, you know what, this is still a nice game. You don't have, you don't have to have 700 guys to make a game that you can enjoy. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, what was it? Was it um, Minecraft made by one person? Yeah. Uh, Super Meat Boy, one person. You know, it's mm. as long as you're willing to put the effort in. Yeah, that's the only reason. Well, it's the, the, there's obviously two. There's there's multiple reasons why you would have a massive dev team. One is turnaround time, right? Because it takes forever to make a make a good quality game. Um, and two is so that you don't have to do everything yourself. Yeah. There's lots of other reasons, but those are the, the big, the sort of two big reasons, right? But if you're willing to do everything yourself and you're willing to put the effort in and wait for six months to release it, 18 months, two years, whatever, then you could totally do it all yourself. Well, all power to those guys, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. 
lot of patience doing it all yourself. I am. When, 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 I mean, I'm preempting our discussion. But when I started in the business, we used to, we used to turn a, an eight-bit game around in two weeks to start to start to finish. And that was pretty much on your own. Look mm-hmm. where we are now. Absolutely. Two, hang on, two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. Well. You say that to someone now, they'll look at you stupid, wouldn't they? Well, it took <laughs> two weeks. Yeah. You what? That's, 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 that's half your script design. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I mean, I mean, I would, I would counter that with just the scope of everything is, is, is ballooned uh, tenfold, hundredfold, a millionfold. But I agree. Uh, a week, I mean, if somebody can, because I do a, a business, a business, a line of business apps, that's what I'm trying to say. I do a line of business apps in my, yeah, yeah, all, my, all the boring stuff day to day. And if somebody said to me, can you build the app in a week? Um, I, I mean, the, the the rest of what's left of my hair would probably fall out, <laughs> and that's just an application. That's not a game that's like multimedia and has to be engrossing and all that kind of stuff, and has a storyline. And yeah. yeah, yeah. So more power to them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember um, we were talking, um, talking to one of the one of the Oliver twins uh, a few weeks, uh, actually a few months back. And uh, and uh, Philip and he'd said, "Oh yeah, yeah, we used to make a new game every month." And, and yeah. at that point, I was like, "Holy moly, a month!" And then you're saying, "Yeah, yeah, we used to do it in a week." Oh, Holy yeah. moly! <laughs> oh. And the Oliver twins, very talented guys. You know, mm. they, they, they did a lot of stuff back in the day. I think I think for them, just by sheer repetition, because um, Philip was telling us, yeah, well, what you do is you you take uh, last month's game and you change the UI and you got a new game. <laughs> That's what they used to do. It's probably true. And, and, you, and you know what? I, I should have done that because throughout my career, every, if, if you look at as we discuss my games, I never follow on with anything like the previous because I, I, I keep wanting to push the boundaries and try something new. So I'm probably making life hard for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Loving the challenge. Well, yeah, yeah I, I think that's it. I think there's 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 the there's the double edged sword of this is super simple. Well, okay, this is more trivial to make um, because I'm reusing everything. And then there's the I want the challenge. I want to see if I can do it. And guess what? I can do it, and I can sell it, and people will think it's wonderful, and and they'll all love me for it. So, yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, Nobody loves me. Sorry. <laughs> oh my goodness um so uh just to carry on with that recent games discussion what have you been playing recently squidge um uh a game that came out a while ago i thought it was microtransaction heavy i was pleasantly surprised when it wasn't is uh torchlight 3 i like a bit of torchlight um pleasantly surprised just you know, um, an action RPG running around bashing things over the head. It's very therapeutic. Um, I mean, that's about get, it. You can't get much better than bashing stuff over the head, can you? <laughs> that's well, about I'm it, really. About you two already, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't mentioned Resident Evil yet, up till it. Um, <laughs> that's what normally <laughs> happens, but <laughs> nah, just that. It's just been so there. you've just been playing that one, then? Okay. Yeah, um, essentially. So for me, I finally got to try Astral Chain. I've been wanting to try it since it came out because I really like the design. It's very sort of um, anime-ish looking, um, and I really like the sort of um, the the sort of near future 
um what's the what's the phrase i, w- I don't want to say cyberpunk because people think cyberpunk means robots and um augmentation but cyberpunk just literally means sticking it to the man but that sort of augmented and um future noir that kind of there was sorry jim enhanced reality that's the one yeah yes you're absolutely right. Yeah, I'm sorry for missing what you said. But yeah, I, I really love it. it. It is quite literally a button basher, but it's it's wonderful. Um it's got this really kooky story to it as well. But yeah, I'd recommend it if you're if you're into that kind of thing. Um and the other and one that I, oh, oh, just, oh, oh, just oh. quickly before you go anywhere, because I was watching him playing it, he's oh. actually in the game there's actually is it a toilet goblin? Gremlin? Mm. Yeah, there's this it, it's a it's a <laughs> To say that it's a wonderfully Japanese game would be uh, understating it. Um, you, you're a police officer, and you, you, when you go back to the precinct after each case, um, you can visit the toilets but not use them. And one of the toilet cubicles is constantly closed. And when you interact with the door, it, you get this like this uh, conversation where it's like, hey, I'm the toilet goblin, and I've run out of toilet paper. If you find any toilet paper on the levels, pass it through, and I'll use it. To go clean the toilet. <laughs> oh, what a you know the, the, that's, that's really great imagery. Look, I've eaten. It's it's fabulously stupid. I think it is that it side is. mission. Yeah, it's absolutely stupid. But I mean, they needed like a collection quest, right? Mm. That's and that's all yeah, that is. Just toilet paper, Jay, toilet paper, all the things you could have in a piece. <laughs> Can you imagine that in the middle of battle? Middle of battle, be on the lookout for toilet roll while you're trying to defend <laughs> yourself. <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, like I say, it's 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 wonderfully Japanese in that aspect. It's got this ridiculous excuse for a collection quest. <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> exactly. And the the other title that I've been playing a lot recently um, is Retromania Wrestling because uh, you know. I'm a bit of a smart mark. I love me some pro wrestling because I do. Um, and mm-hmm. that's a wonderful button basher. And similar to what Squid said about uh, Torchlight 3, you can pick stuff up and bash people with it. And I'm all for that. In a video well, game, like not in real life. We're talk, talking wrestling. The, the three of us being hall rats. Um, mm-hmm. I, used, I used to go to the whole city hall as a kid with my dad and watch, watch the pro wrestling for real for every week. Oh, really? so never, never played a wrestling game, but I used, to, I used to go and see the likes of Big Daddy and all those guys every week with my dad. Wow, the classic British wrestling stars. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, still, I still got all the autographs. Oh, wow. sweet. <laughs> never actually seen a live event. I might have to. Um, I might have to change that once all the unpleasantness finishes. Mm. It, was a, a bit it, was, it was an experience. It was. It was. It was. It was a, Ultimate theatre, and especially when the fights broke out outside the ring. And I don't mean the yesters, I mean I mean the spectators. I've seen the spectators <laughs> in the chairs. Nice. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I've I've always explained it to people who don't quite. Um, yeah, because they all say, "Oh, but it blah blah blah," and, and I'm like, "Look, right. Let me put it this way: it's a live stunt show presented as a soap opera. What's not to like? Yeah, right. It's brilliant." <laughs> And there's, and you know, they there's get really, really angry with each other for real. Then it's quite the experience to watch. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when they when they use hard style and they literally hit each other properly, and are actually flinging each other around the ring because they're not paying attention to each other. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> it's quite a quite a scene. No, I'm, I'm doing a wrestling game. Now. 
Oh, well, maybe you should check. finished now, guys. I'm doing wrestling game tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. You heard it here first, Fox. <laughs> Kickstarter campaign to follow, yeah. That's it. That's it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so um, one of the other things that we like to do with, with guests on the show, if you don't mind, Jane, it's completely up to you, is uh, the Thunderplane games. So it's very, it's, it's a really short segment, and it's very much totally not ripped off of Desert Island Discs. Oh, my God. <laughs> so the idea is, if you wanted to do it, the idea is oh. essentially you get put on a Desert Island and you can bring up to five games with you. Uh, we'll supply you with everything you need to play them. If it's, uh, you know, a, a, a slightly more retro uh, piece of kit, or if it's a Nintendo Switch or a PC or whatever, uh, we'll supply all of that for you in this theoretical uh, system. You can have access to the internet to play the games, but you can't ask for help because help is on the way. So it's just what would you take with you to keep you entertained until help got there? Starting from now. Skyrim on the PC. All these years, and I'm still addicted to it. I keep going back and doing quests, so I, I miss my Skyrim. Mm. Um, probably one of the one of the Zelda games for the Nintendo. Mm -hmm. And any of them, I love them all. Mm. Uh, on the the Atari, going back to the Atari Jaguar, not mine. I'm not putting myself here, but I would I'd actually go with Jess. Tempest 2000 cried Dora. Oh, Tempest 2000 was an amazing yeah, I, title. I have you can, to you can just play that for hours and hours and hours. Absolutely. Mm. And being, being a simulator fan, my last two would be Microsoft Flight Simulator and uh, Dovetails Train Simulator because I'm, I'm big into my transport sims as a, as a hobby. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's See, pretty I, I cool. I'm a boring choice of games. But I, I love them. Do you know what? I think... It, you see, this is... <laughs> I think in video gaming, as in the same as any hobby, I don't. I genuinely don't think there are any boring choices. And obviously, you you played it for a joke there, but if if it brings you joy and it makes you happy, then what's the problem? You know, <laughs> if you want paint dry simulator, it's your thing. Go for it. Absolutely, absolutely. If it, it's, a, like it's, said, it's on my uh, Steam wish list. <laughs> I, I I was happy. I, I knew it was. Well, that's why I said it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually, as, a, as, as my, my publishing hat on, pe people don't realise I spent probably seventy percent of my career actually as, as a publisher and studio. People think of me as a developer because of the titles I've done, but that's probably about eighty percent of my time. The other seventy percent of the time is probably as vice president of studios, acquisitions, and all the rest of it. So I've, I've been on the business side for about seventy percent of my time. Like, mm. and then, and then the, the, the short of this long story is that I actually saw somebody present me once. Uh, with a grass growing simulator, you could, think, uh, <laughs> you could watch grass and flowers grow in real time, and then and I'm like, "Where's the speed of button?" And like, no, 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 it's COVID acting. You, you just sit there for hours and watch the grass and the trees grow and plant, plant your seeds, and away you go. It's all real time. Three months later, you've got your seed growing. I'm like, mm, okay. <laughs> well, you know, maybe maybe somebody picked it up. Maybe somebody published it. And, you know. Oh, just look out of a window. <laughs> <laughs> Coming, That's free. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I can't look out of my window because I'm watching the flowers on the screen. <laughs> well, there you go. And 
there must be a niche for for those kind of titles though because um i'm forever blown away every year i'm blown away by the fact that um american cable tv companies will broadcast a 24-hour live feed of um a log fire and, oh, and, and stuff, yeah exactly and and um the way i understand it is not everyone has a log fire in their house in the states and obviously if they want the log fire experience they can put it on the tv and you know what? That totally makes sense. Again, if it makes you happy, fill your boots. <laughs> I, can, I can see it with the Christmas carols going and the crackling and everything. <laughs> they do that on Netflix, don't they? Every mm-hmm. December, there's an hour-long log fire. Same thing. Absolutely. Yeah. I can't wait for December now after you said that, Scrooge. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let, 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 let me tell you this. It's absolutely riveting. I thought my phone was on fire when I watched it. Uh, <laughs> no, no, Scrooge, Scrooge, your phone was on fire. Ah, right. That explained the bad. Yeah, you can get real smoke. It's a message. That's it. Um, I, I think though, I get the feeling though that, that like, if you really wanted to make a load of money on Twitch, hey, right? don't, don't don't publish this bit. Tell me first. <laughs> <laughs> just just like start a, a log fire in your house and point a bunch of cameras at it and put it on the internet. And I'm sure you'd get millions of people tuning in. All, and if you could have it going 24 hours a day over the Christmas period, over the, the holiday period, you'd likely make loads of money. That's what some guy singing in a Santa suit can fast every sort with a sack. Uh, uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Just, just crooning the audience. And you could have like different <laughs> yeah. angles, different cameras yeah. at different angles, so that every half hour it'd switch. Oh, but it would have to be copyright-free Christmas music, so you'd have to make it up as you go along. Easy. And are we allowed to say Christmas anymore? It's supposed to be the winter fest. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, you'd have to make it um, open for for anyone else who wants to join in. So you'd have to have a festivist song. You'd have to have um, a song about spinning a dreidel. Um, you'd have to have all. But you have to keep it copyright free as well. So you have to make up your own songs. So I do anyway, anyway, you don't hear oh, me. Well. <laughs> that's fair enough <laughs> if it was me I'd give it 20 minutes before I put on some heavy metal music <laughs> <laughs> well um, Twisted Sister back in the 80s created an old Christmas album did you know oh, this? No, I've got it it's brilliant it's so good <laughs> but I, anyway I have, I, have, I, have, I have a friend who's a musician I work with a guy called Kevin Godley and 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 Kevin did sang uh, you know, I'm not in love at the almost Guardians of the Galaxy movie and he, he was the director of Live Aid uh, the, the Live Aid video do they, do they know it's Christmas he directed that and everything and mm-hmm. as I was waiting for lots and lots of people I kept saying to Kevin you know, here do do a great Christmas carol album Kevin I'll buy it I, I really want a Christmas carol album and he's done all this to his wife everyone from Neil Sedaka to the Beatles but he's never done a Christmas album I kept saying to him here I think I said when he was at 10cc, 10cc never did a Christmas album either. I'm not happy. Why didn't you? So I was a bit fun of 10cc as a kid. The, the, the guy is incredible. Such a such a talented, incredible man. That I said to him, "Come on, just do it. Just just one Christmas carol. Just, just one. Yeah, only one. Just just one." Yeah. But he he made it up to me. He he actually he he got a band. He's got his band together. And, and how many people get the lead singer in that one from 10cc doing happy birthday to them? So last, oh, last year he recorded a single for me in the studio as a happy birthday to me and sent it to me. Oh, wow. Not serious, this meant, meant a really great deal, you know? That's awesome. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. 
So what we're saying there, Squidge, is we're going to figure out a way of getting some band back together for you for your birthday, right? Uh, no. <laughs> okay, right. We're going to get the Beatles back together. No way, that will work. <laughs> Not quite. Mm. Yeah, I'd, I'd buy it if you did. Yeah. <laughs> it would be interesting if we could get them back together, but there you go. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we said earlier on that we've brought Jane on um, because um, I would love to pick your brains, Jane, about uh, AVP. I know you've said you've worked on a whole bunch of titles and, and okay. worked well, a lot as a... Georgia, but I can't remember what that is now after we've been talking about all these other things. <laughs> 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 <Seen> it so... <laughs> Oh, <laughs> but yeah, um, for I mean, I mean, unfortunately, the Jaguar was what the Jaguar was. You know, it didn't get the support, the first party support from Atari for a while, um, and it kind of unfortunately, you know, disappeared into ether. But for the people who have played um, the Jaguar version of Alien versus Predator, I Ooh. would say it is the killer app oh, yeah. for that platform. Right? It is um, alongside. Good. Oh, you're very welcome. Alongside things like uh, Tempest 2000, the things like that that were, because the, like the, 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 Tempest 2000, killer app, AVP, killer app. There were a bunch of fighter games that I'd say were killer apps. Um, there was uh, Cannon Fodder and things like that. But what I would say is, of the yeah. title, yeah. absolutely. Uh, was it Iron, Iron Soldier? Iron Soldier. Mm-hmm. Cybermorph. Where did you learn to fly? Absolutely. Just don't mention Trevor McFerrin. Absolutely. But for the folks who unfortunately may not have had a chance to play it, um, AVP is... Awesome. Yeah. I'm going to hear again. Can you book me next week? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's, it's one of, I think, the best... FPS games, at least of that generation, and it still holds up today. You know the. Oh, uh, yes. Thank you. So, uh, you're very welcome. Not to myself and the team, all serious. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, so so hopefully we're gonna we're gonna sort of pick your brains a little bit, Jane, if that's all right. Yeah. Uh, a, a number of questions to ask, if you don't mind, because um, yeah, we'd yeah. love to know these things uh, if you're able to talk about them. Yeah, um, so I, I, can, I can talk AVP all night. It's going to be like a school interview. Like you've got ten seconds. On. That's it. Okay, right. I mean, I've got unlimited uh, hard drive space. Let's get this thing done. (laughs) (laughs) I have to wait for the next 30 hours. (laughs) I mean, we can just pause for that. That's not a problem. (laughs) Miracle recording. So, yeah, go go ahead. I'm comfortable. But, yeah. um, I'm crazy, but I'm comfortable. (laughs) But, yeah, so so we said said earlier on that you've, you've had this... 40, I want to say 40 plus years, but I'm, I'm not entirely yeah, sure. Don't, don't I'm, do plus, yeah, I'm not that old for 40. Okay, I, so. I, I, I started, my, my first game was the Sinclair's X81 in, in 1981. So it's 40 years this year, isn't it? Wow, yeah, yeah. Wow. Nice. That's, a, that's, that's a lot of time in, in, in development. So I guess. So it's finished. Sorry? You said it's a lot of time in development. I said, no, the game's finished. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that took me a minute. Thanks, James. <laughs> my, my first game for the ZX Spectrum has been in development hell for 40 years. <laughs> Take that, Duke Newton, forever. Next year, we'll have an update. <laughs> that's it, right? 
day one patch and some DLC afterwards. No, um, but so so my question to you, just as a a um, a yeah, so my first question, just as a curiosity, as someone who's always wanted to be in games dev but hasn't professionally been in games dev, um, what what's your opinion of like how the industry has changed over that time, or has it changed? Is it still the same? Or is everyone still working in their bedrooms? Um, and shipping cassette tapes off to big publishers. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think they are. They just don't tell us. Um, <laughs> and I, 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 would, I would tell you, like, I'm not going to say the name, but if you, if you want to talk about bedrooms, one of, the, one of the first software companies I went to back, back in the 80s, uh, the, the first thing they said to me when I walked into the office, I was, I was so excited, I walked into the office and I said, where's your sleeping bag? I said, you don't, you don't need going home, do you? And I said, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, was, was bedroom development, literally, yeah. Because mm-hmm. at crunch time, you used to take your sleeping bag, and if you didn't, you were going to know why. Um, but yeah, so but to, to answer your question more directly, I, I I think games then were just as fun as they are now. Uh, I, I think what I say, what it, it wasn't all about the graphics, it was about the gameplay. You couldn't have the graphics, so you had the gameplay after for it. Mm. We, we sold on gameplay. Uh, whereas today, I think we're selling a bit more gloss on gameplay, and that's that's not fair to say for every title because for some games, that that are really really fun. But I, it's the, the big boys are coming now. It's the big corporates, big money, big budgets, and we're, you know, we're we're taking on the movie industry. So it's changed from that way. But I I, I, I tend to miss sometimes the creativity of the early games. Yeah. So I, it, it's the way it formulate the, the, anything could go. You could, you could try anything, do anything. It was all about the gameplay. But uh, but. What's come full circle for me is I, I spent time. I, I joined Twitter beginning of the year. I hadn't. I'd never used it. I joined Twitter beginning of the year. I, I just started looking around. I saw all these indie games. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is we've come full circle. There's all these indie developers working from home, coming with coming coming forward with ideas, making them themselves. People enjoying those ideas. And like if, you, if you took them to all the big publishers in the world, you know they'd they'd, 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 be, they'd be carting you off within five minutes. You know? mm-hmm. And it's it, it felt it feels to me that. With, with the self-publishing on Steam and other platforms, the, the rise of the indie games, it's, it's, it's almost like we're coming full circle. And there's, you know, you, you see, you're starting to almost see the decline of the big boys in some ways, especially on the PC. I mean, I mentioned Valheim earlier to you guys, and you know, that, that that's mm-hmm. five guys published it themselves, put it on, you know, put it on Steam themselves, and away they went. There's no, there's no multi-million-dollar publisher behind it. So I, I do think that we are. You know, after 40 years, we may be back where we started in, in terms of small teams doing doing exciting projects. That that's really interesting. Mm. I mean, that kind of uh, fits with my uh, view of development as a whole. Um, you know, I'm I'm still pretty young in the industry um, as a developer, uh, but I have seen. I, I like to look into like, oh, uh, how did we get to where we are today? Like, uh, my my current bookmark that I use is a punch card that's from you know, some 1950s, uh, 1970s Ukrainian scientific computer lab from somewhere. Um, just because I love that sort of, I love to have this piece of history with me. But the point I'm getting at is that I think that in development as a whole, not just specifically the games industry, but development as a whole, we go around in big cycles, right? Um, the In the, I think it was the, the 70s and 80s, we had a dumb terminal. So you would have a computer that would be useless unless it's connected to a server. Well, guess what? You know those Google Chromebooks? Yeah. Useless unless you connect it to the server. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? that's right. Because good, good ideas keep coming back. Mm. That's it. 
That's it. You can't keep a good idea. Down, I, I, I still think of the early 90s when every game you ever wanted was we're, we're just you sat watching a movie for 10 minutes and you pressed the mouse button occasionally and they, they thought full motion video is the way to go in games until somebody actually said you have to just watch a video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it has all come full circle and I I think you, I think you're right about um, the smaller sort of independent teams without publishers um flexing look what can we do with this how can we make this happen because that like i say like you said it, it feels very much the way that the industry started you know the uh the dev industry or rather the games industry kind of owes a, a lot to those bedroom coders um of the of the early 80s i think well oh my gosh those bedroom coders the the early of the early 80s including myself uh, People, studio VPs, head of publishing, has done, done major titles. If you if you look at some of the release date videos and where we are now, I was, I was talking to a friend that I worked with at Graphical, and he's uh, a couple of days ago I spoke to him, and he's you know he's quite senior at Sony now, and we've we, we've all moved on and we've all sort of grown, haven't we? You know, all, all us. We were kids. We were literally kids. You know, I was thirteen or something, and you know, and, and, and my peers were, were that age, and uh, and right now I suppose we we are, we are these big bad publishers almost, aren't we? We've, We've 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 been we've been through that process over all these years. You'd be surprised how many of us are still still hanging on, even even though we know we've got a walking frame now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you don't need to walk about to make games, do you? Well, I, I do. I've got a, I've got a moving thing. Oh well, uh, yeah, there <laughs> is that. There is that. Piss, piss a hole in the carpet. Yeah? Oh my goodness! <laughs> I have to say, when I'm working on some tough problem, the chewing gum comes out, and I walk around the uh, around the block. That's how I like. If I need to think, that's how I do it: chewing gum and walk around the block. But yeah, that's just me. I've been there, didn't it? I do it with a bag of crisps. Well, okay, fair enough. <laughs> which, is, which is great if you're in a, if you're in a, in a busy studio because you just got crunch next to your mate's cubicle and That's it. Hmm. That's it. I mean, that's that's what I used to do in one of my old jobs. Was I used to just if I got stuck trying to figure something out, I'd go and sit with someone else and be like, "Right, what do you need help with?" or something like that. Because then, or even, "Can I help with something?" Because working on something else sort of jump starts that creative process, and all of a sudden, I'd be yeah, like, yeah, oh, "Hang on, I've got to get away. I've figured this out." You know what I mean? <laughs> absolutely right. It does not. It, it's it's weird, and it's sort of somebody asked me about problem solving in software, and I used to say I used to, I used to solve it in my sleep. And they thought mm-hmm. I was a bit, a bit strange. I said, no, no, really. I'd, I'd, I'd go to bed. I'd be chewing on this algorithm. What on earth is wrong here? Why, why is this not working? Why have I got this bug? How, what's happening? And I'd often wake up with solutions. So I guess the subconsciousness and think about it when you're asleep. So I used to, I used to put myself to sleep and I'd wake up and there's, there's my debugging in my head. No, uh, like I say, I totally get that. As a developer, I can see that. Um, the amount of times that I've been... Um, I don't want any. Don't wish anyone to think about it too much. But the amount of times I've been in a shower and gone, oh, that's the answer, and yeah. I, I literally can't do anything. <laughs> I'm surrounded yeah. by water. I've got nothing to write it down with. <laughs> what am I going to do? <laughs> I, I still carry a notepad and pen to the supermarket every time I go. I have for years, and my wife gets really annoyed. She's like, "Is that a shopping list?" I'm like, "No, it's a coding list." Why not? Yeah, the, 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 these these ideas and solutions will strike you at the at a moment's notice. And then we don't have control over it, do we? They just they, they fire themselves at you. It's like boom, take that. Here it is. Deal with it. Yep. That's it. Hmm. Absolutely, I totally agree with you, Jen. Absolutely. Um, so, 
Let, so let, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, AVP then. Alien versus yeah. Predator on the Jaguar, right? Yeah, we're into I've, I've got a firing with a question. Sorry, I've, I've really got to this. So, Jane, what was your thought or your how did you think about being able to play as the bad guys in AVP? It's less of a programming question <laughs> and more of I, like... I, 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 I can answer that in two answers. One, uh, I, I think it was uh, it was an idea of genius. Uh, and, and two, it wasn't mine. <laughs> 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 it was... That 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 came to us from the producer James Purple Hansen. Mm-hmm. It, it came to us one day, and that us us being myself and Mike Beaton, who did the programming, the, the programming, the game of myself and Mike Beaton, uh, and it came to us and said, "You know what? Why why don't we? You know, we've got three characters here. Why don't we use them properly? Uh, why why don't we play them and, and change and change the whole, change the whole gameplay dynamic around that? I think I think it was real genius. It was the first time anybody had done it." And not, not only is it me saying it was the first time anybody did it, I don't know if you two guys know, but it was actually the Guinness Book of Records as a, as a, the first ever video game where you could play the bad guy. Oh. Yep, it was, yeah. And I, I've got to say, it, it was it was a genius piece of, uh, of mm. thinking from uh, Purple Hamilton just to go, why can't we play as the bad guy, right? Because every game up to that point was always, you are the hero, you've got to go and do whatever, rescue the princess, rescue the prince, to solve the puzzle, build the house, you know, whatever it is. But why can't you play as the bad guy, right? It's it it genius. It tripled my workload. But it was was an absolutely genius idea. The, the thing with Purple was, it was a, well, I said, was he still with us? He is. I'm <laughs> uh, a very, very smart producer. Uh, quite seriously, the smartest producer I've ever worked with. So some producers are technical producers. Can you finish this by this date? Where you at? What's going on? Let's check the budget. But Purple could do all that. But Purple's real strength was in the creative. Yeah. It would, it would, it would, it would just come out, come back from lunch and say, "What if we do this?" And ninety-nine times out of a hundred, the, the, the this was something really, really great idea. So it's. It, quite seriously, the best producer I'd ever worked with in the business. And it, he had a great pedigree before he went to Atari. People don't realise this, but it was a, he was a, he was a, a Lucasfilm. So, oh. so of course, he'd it, 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 been he'd been through the mill and you know been around George Lucas and all this sort of business. Now I think it must have rubbed off because he was he, he came to Atari as a as a really really creative guy who was looking to take things in different directions. Mm-hmm. And I I I, I think if if Purple hadn't have been the producer of that project, it wouldn't be the game we have today. Yeah. Sort of, a, he wanders in, he says, can we try this? And you think, that's such a good idea. Damn you for making my workload more, but that's such an awesome idea. <laughs> oh, yeah. And in, and in truth, you know what? We have such a passion for it. Yeah. And I, I've said it to people on Twitter, and it's serious, that so, so some games teams I've worked with, where you go in at nine o'clock, you finish at five, what do we need to do tomorrow? We do it, and you, it's, it's a job. Now, we, it wasn't a job with AVP, it was a family. We absolutely loved each other's company. We loved the game. We had a passion for it. If we were there at two in the morning with purple working on ideas, we didn't care. We just we just did whatever we wanted to do. In the end, we all got pass keys to the Atari building because it got oh. fed up of us being there all night long. We just came, <laughs> came and went any time of the day and night. So, you know, so Sam Trammell had, had, uh, had, uh, had to give us keys you know, to get in and out because we... we it didn't matter at three in the morning, you had an idea, you'd go to the office and do it. So it was literally, it was literally, it was such a passion for all of us. You know, that myself, uh, Mike on the programming, Purple, 
the, the, the artists and talented artists, as you guys have seen from the work. So is it, is it, I, I think, and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, but I, I honestly think, based, based on the technology we had at the day, comparison to what we have now, I, I think we had the best team in the world on that game. I think Atari, Atari and the guys from Rebellion put the best teams, best team that was in the business right now. Mm. Oh, uh, certainly. I mean, mm. if you, as a, like I said, as a developer myself, as a, as a sort of tech head myself, like, how do I put it? The, the, it's contentious about whether, um, whether the Atari Jaguar was a 64 bit console or just the chips that it had inside it. And you look at the other titles that were available for it, the majority of which were sort of fast paced, low polygon or 2D games. Whereas like, and, and they were, they were quite small, like physically don't take up much space on the cartridge. Whereas I, I feel like AVP stretched the hardware and stretched the, the cartridge storage size as well. Cause obviously all of that stuff is pre-rendered, um, uh, pre-rendered textures put onto 3d polygons. And, you know, you've got the, the, uh, the rotors, it wasn't rotoscoped, I don't think. I, I, I mean, you'll be able to tell us whether it was, Jane, but like the, uh, the 3D, mo- not 3D, but, you know, the models, textures for all of the creatures and for the weapons and all of the in-game text. Like mm. a modern game, text doesn't take up much space because you've got gigabytes of storage space. But when yeah. you've got, I don't know, four megs, if that, and yeah, yeah. So when you're talking four megs and we're talking, you know, um, like a byte is called a byte because that's how much space it takes to store a character. <laughs> you know? So you're looking at so, you know, so much storage space stretched just to fit the game and the text and the music and everything. I, I think I agree with you, Jane, that it was it was uh, it's it's a product that really pushed the Jaguar to its limits. Like, mm. what can we do if we really push it? Because, like, if you look at all of the, um, even now, if you look at some of the homebrew projects that people make, they're not quite as, you know, it's still sort of 2D, maybe fake 3D, maybe it is 3D, but it's, like, very limited. Yes. Yeah, I agree. And we, 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 we took it into a whole new direction. Nobody else ever went there. We, we and we did we did fill the cartridge. I mean, I can't remember the exact space now. So maybe some fan can tell you. But when, when we had the test software in there, we had test software that had to be in the cartridge at the time. So we we had test cartridges uh, with 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 software that went down the parallel port and all the rest of it to the TT for the development system. Mm-hmm. And we we actually filled the cartridge. We, we with all our junk in there plus the game. I, I think it was something like six bytes off the end of the cartridge. Is that mm-hmm. tight? And yep. we, we, we thought, how on earth are we going to get all this stuff in? And a chap called Mike Cooler, who you'll see in the credits, who never gets the credit he deserves and should, very smart man. Uh, Mike, Mike invented a system called JagPeg, which was a version of JPEG. Uh, and JagPeg was first used to, to compress the, all the artwork you're talking about. So we, we actually had Mike in the office with us who, who created a custom compression system based on the, the color palette that we're using in, in the game, all the greens and all the rest of it, uh, and compressed it all down. Uh, and we, we would never fit it into the cartridge if it wasn't for like custom compression code. And it was, 
the, the, the guy never gets enough credit for that because if, if, if Mike hadn't written what he called Jagpeg, uh, we would never fit it on the carpet. Never. Wow. There you go, you see. It's always those unsung heroes, isn't it? Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah, a couple I'm of years I'm calling back. my pictures Jagpegs now. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, heard before people were even talking about Jagpegs. It's wonderful, isn't it? Jagpeg. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm calling them. That's it. <laughs> Uh, what you should do, Squidge, is get a pug and call it the Jack Peg Pug. That'd be a hell of a tongue twister. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Trying to trip me up now, aren't you? <laughs> it, yeah, absolutely. It's 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 quite often those sort of those unsung heroes and hidden figures that really um, that that can make that make or break a project, right? It's change uh, the game, don't they? Quite literally. Quite literally. <laughs> yeah, they, they, what they do is they change the game, and you know, without them things would yeah. take quite a drastic turn or might not be. Oh, in this yeah. case, it had been a lot harder to do. You know? And, and, and you know, Squidge, some, sometimes it was stuff that you would never expect. Just just stuff that was throwaway during the development of the game would go, you know what, we can use that. I mean, the, the classic example is the fans always say, what got a hold of this guy? You know? With the, uh, you know, the, the beginning of the game. And and that that was James Grunky, the, the, the sound guy at Atari. Uh, we 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 I, I had the he came was looking at a run through and saw saw the you know the, the dead marine at the start of the game and he literally, literally said won't well, go hold of this guy and says James we are recording that mate that's that's going in he said it for real just watching the game yeah and we said no we want this yeah, I mean like yeah. we we were, we were looking for alien sound effects uh, and one of the guys from Atari. Uh, and his wife Sandra came in with their with their three month old baby, and the baby was making a lot of noise. And before and before we knew it, the, the baby had been sampled and rescaled. That was that was alien. No, <laughs> really? Yeah, Sandra Sandra Miller's baby was the alien sound effects. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> somebody, somebody said, "You know what? We can we can resample this. We can we can distort it. That could be an alien sound." There <laughs> was so the top that, of the that, so there's now there's now this uh, 27 year old lad walking around California or, or wherever who was it was it was it was a screeching alien in, in MVP as <laughs> Do they know? I mean, that, you know, it's all coming out now, guys. There's stuff that behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, right? We need to track that person down oh, and find out whether they're like. Wouldn't that be something? Like... Wouldn't that be something? Yeah. Did, did you realize that's you? <laughs> and it would be a wonderful twist of fate if they were like a voice actor, because then you'd be like, "Hey, you've been working on in this industry since you were like teeny tiny." <laughs> yeah, I was a child actor, literally. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. Well, that was that was like, <laughs> that's it. Oh, that's what you need to call the person. If you find them, you could be like, "Do you realize you are the Macaulay Culkin of Early Versus Predator?" That's it, exactly. <laughs> Baby McCoy. <laughs> That's it. Oh my goodness. So um, That's what I say. It's it, it just, it just throw away things sometimes. And they, they got into the game and it made a difference, I think. And I think that was part of it as well, that we were willing to improvise and, and say, you know what, this actually works. And people go, yeah, go with it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why not? That's, that's the kind of... Um, uh, uh, producer or project manager you want someone who because like the the scariest thing you can get from a project manager or a producer of a piece of software you're working on is if they go what if i do this like you were saying then uh, uh earlier on jane about you know purple would come in and say what if this what if that well you know that's kind of it's it's the double-edged sword of 
this is incredibly, really, really scary because what if, and I break it, but also the incredibly exciting bit of, oh my goodness, this is a great idea. I'm mm. going to literally stop what I'm doing. I'm going to go do that instead. Because that, you know, that that's where you need to be. This, And when you get enough people with, with, um, with that creative flow going on, you can almost literally do anything, right? Yeah. yeah, and we used to we used to we used to have fun with that, trying out different ideas. And sometimes things work, sometimes it didn't. But that's that's all part of the process. And sometimes uh, another little in joke for you: we, we I, I set up a version of the aliens one day. So people were saying we should try this with the alien, we should try that with the alien. All, all these all these different approaches to, to make this game frightening. And it, it, it came in one day, and I said, "Look what I've done! This this is going to work." I called it Alien Ballet, and I had them all ballet dancing. And he just, dancing and floating and dancing around the scene, you know. <laughs> and I was trying to keep straight face and what do you think of this to attract the player? And he's like, What? What? <laughs> <laughs> There's an image that's started. never gonna get out of my head. <laughs> and, you know, they, they were, and we just had the guys just had them bouncing on tiptoes and spinning and all the rest of it doing pirouettes but just to take the mic, you know. <laughs> see whereas these days that would be included in an after credits bit wouldn't it, it right would. It would. <laughs> it would. i mean we had a, we had a and i don't know if it made it to the finished car i can't remember we had, we had a problem with the, the predator um and when i coded the predator i mean do you, do you know guys do you know what my job was on avp by the way so um i've read lots of different things about a ai developer developer programmer it's like lots of different people have said oh yeah jane worked on this bit jane worked on that bit let's ask you directly jane that's what i was going to say it makes sense what i'm talking about okay so, yeah. so mike and mike there's a, there's a big team a lot of artists but for, um, and musicians and everything testers fantastic testers but for the, from the programming point of view myself and mike being uh, mike pool on the jackpot uh, mike built the 3d engine uh, and so the definitive answer is mike mike built the environments um, and, and my job was to populate those environments with the AI and the gameplay. So I was, a, I was, a, I was the gameplay guy. Now that, that includes that, so that obviously includes AI, player interaction, and all the rest of it. Uh, so we always, we always say Mike built the world and I brought them to life. This is what Mike and I always say. Right, um, yeah. So well, going back to the the Predator, I, I, I coded the Predator, and it was, it was, it was going around the maze. I'm, I'm sat there. Walking, walking through as a player, and I'm like, all I could see was alien corpses everywhere. <laughs> Near the predator, and it, it was like it was just trashing the entire maze. <laughs> <laughs> it was loving it, and it was like, wow, he's laughing, you know. Like, like, it's just, it's just, it was corpse sitting, and I thought <laughs> this might not be good for the player. You know, you want to do something, and so I, I turned, I turned the predator down. And I, I, I stuck him in, in a, in a, if, if you start getting too many things, I, I sat him in a room and gave him a fight break for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and we, well, 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 the artist actually came up with it. And I don't know if it was in production cartridge still left in or not. I can't, honestly can't remember. But during, during development, we, we, when we, we, we could teleport around rooms to see what was going on. We, had, we actually had a smoking predator who just sat, we just sat there smoking. Smoking a cigarette, having a mellow moment after killing the paintings. <laughs> I mean, everyone would need that, right? If you've just slaughtered a bunch of xenomorphs, you're going to need to cool down a bit, right? Yeah, just, just take five minutes off, you know. Grab a grab a That's coffee, cool. grab a, grab a cigarette. So we, we, but I had to because I had to turn the guy down, 
And the, and the easiest way was like, you know, tip brick. Instead of rewriting the whole AI and his aggression routine, I, I just, I just said tip a brick. And that's, and that's, that's how he stopped him emptying the maze out. He just, he, he naffed off out of your view and said, forget it for a while. <laughs> See, help my my brain is melting <laughs> that's a true developer response that it's like i'm not going to waste my time rewriting it i'll just literally throw in something like a thread sleep and just move him over here for a minute take him out of the out of the play and just leave him for and i'll bring it back and he'll be a rampaging monster again <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. yeah it's, it's, it's the quickest simplest working solution but while the, while the artist picked up on it and that was it we had the smoking credits <laughs> my my brain is melting. Alien is distorted baby sounds, and the predator took a cigarette break. My brain is melting. I'm losing vital pin numbers. You you you, you should have seen when we we dressed up uh, Sean Sean Patton and Lance Lewis as the Marines, and they were, they were running around the car park. Uh, <laughs> and people 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 in Sunnyvale were, were taking very interesting looks at these guys. Why? Why we got why we got two Marines with pulse rifles running around around the car park is you know is, 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 is an alien invasion of something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's my my understanding of that is that uh, there was someone on the team. So there was Lance Lewis. It was uh, unfortunately he's no longer with us, isn't he? he, he Lance, I miss him terribly. Lance Lewis was someone who worked on the, on the game and uh, as a tester, I believe, and he is who the character is named after. But the character that you play as as the Marine is actually another person who was like a big, yeah, he was a big alien fan, wasn't he? And he like, he, before cosplay was a thing, at least in the West, he'd built his own like alien, his own Marine, um, like, um, uh, armor and weapons and stuff. But, you know, for like running around and pretending to be a Marine in the alien film, that kind of thing. Yeah. So what, 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 what more of the world thing could you add into your game as this? I'm a, I'm a I'm a space marine. Hey, welcome to Atari. You'll fit right in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. And so it was. You're getting so you're getting stuff tonight, guys. You know that nobody else has ever heard. So you you got some exclusive now. Maybe. <laughs> I was just going to say, perhaps you and Purple Hamilton should get together and write a book about how you know the our recollections of uh, AVP. Well, I've, I've, I've had that said to me because you know it became such an iconic game, didn't it? We never we never thought it would. We had the passion, but we didn't realize we'd create something that would that you know last to today. And would, would I think twenty seven years later somebody would be talking to me about it? Gosh no. Well, you know, but it's we 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 put our heart into it. We did we did so so many things and tried so many new things. I mean, do, do you know it? It totally that three D engine that Mike created changed the world of three D as well. I mean, before Mike with that engine, you you had stuff like Wolfenstein, no flaws, no ceilings. Mm-hmm. Mike, Mike Mike went there and created, created that. To my knowledge, was it was a, the was the best engine with the flaws, ceilings, and all the rest of it long before its time. And there, so many people have told me that that what we did with AVP set the standard for FPS to follow. You know? Yeah, I, I can totally believe it. I absolutely can. Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that that's like, if you look at uh, just before AVP, like you said, there was Wolfenstein 3D. And then um, after AVP was Doom. And I, I genuinely believe that if you, if you want to be at the top of whatever um, industry you're in, whatever artistry you're in, because um, the way I see it is development is kind of a science and an art um, and a craft. But if you want to be the best, you have to look at what other people are doing 
and sort of figure out how they did it and implement that yourself. And so I could totally, I could totally see whether it happened or not, whether it's uh, official or not, I don't know, but I could totally see, um, you know, Carmack, John Carmack going, Hey, this, we wrote this, we wrote this 3d engine for, uh, I almost called it waffle in Taylor's 3d then for, uh, for <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a Freudian slip. No, um, <laughs> for Wolfenstein 3d, we have this engine and it's brilliant. And then these other games have come out that have sort of copied us and improved and made it better. Um, and then this other one's come out AVP that has a 3d engine with a floor and, and ceiling. Can we do that? Cause, um, after reading about Carmack, he seems like that kind of a guy. Um, so I could totally see that happening where he's like, Hey, they figured out how to do it. So it must be doable. So I'm going to do it. I've, I've got a lot of time for John. It is very much like that. He pushes forward all the time. And, uh, another anecdote with that was somebody fairly recently was, was sending me DMS on Twitter saying, you know, you and John Carmack must be must be in terrible competition over that in that era and all the rest of it. And so I thought, you know what, John, John and I have known each other for twenty seven years or more. And I thought, no, I'll show this guy. And we, I, I, I just tweeted out to John and said, yeah. people think we're in competition. Me and you, John, we, we do the Navy and, and John and I both came back and said, no, nah, we've been friends for twenty seven years. We just do it between us. We enjoy it. <laughs> mm. Mm. Hey, I like that. I like that. Yeah. The, 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 I think as a relative outsider to games dev, I could see how people could think that hmm. they're like, Oh, well, everybody's got to be in competition. They must hate each other. And well, it's like, you know, movie stars or, you know, we talked a little earlier on about wrestlers, right? Yeah. You put on a, a facade for the camera perhaps, but you need each other regardless of whether, whether you are going to be working together or working apart, you still need each other. To, to push each other forward, right? Yeah, we're all, we're all, we're all in the same job. We're all friends together. We're all, we're all dealing with the same issues every day. And it's, we, we, we grow from each other as a community. Yeah. I mean, they, they talk about the indie community, though, don't they? But they, they don't realise that the Triple A community is just the same. No, it's no different. It's just, it's just we get to work in bigger offices and make bigger games. That's it. It's not just with games, is it? In 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 any sort of community uh, or any sort of industry or whatever it is, you're always going to have people who have got like their their little niche or their little like sim. I don't know. Take YouTube channels for example. Right? You might have like warring YouTube channels, but chances are they know each other. They're good friends. Oh yeah. You know, and and they'll share ideas and try and help each other because uh, that's just one example. But say for anything. You know, a healthy competition breeds innovation, and innovation, if you work together, can be beneficial for everyone, and it'll just up the game for anything you do. Absolutely, so. absolutely, right. and I think we're all so proud of what we do that we like sharing with each other too. There's, so there's sometimes a friendly rivalry, but most, most most of the time it's like, look what I've done. What do you think? And then we share ideas and we bounce off each other. Just saying that's that, that's one of the things I really enjoy in this business. Yeah, mm. and uh, if if it was anything more than a friendly rivalry, well, guess what? Back then, you had someone dressed as a marine. Just send them to their offices. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, you don't like AVP. We'll send you back. <laughs> what did you say? Whoa. Okay. <laughs> if you don't respond to Sean, here comes a predator. With your desk. That's it. Before, uh, <laughs> before, or after his cigarette break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, so I've I've got an, uh, another question. If I could just jump in. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so um, with the infamous Jaguar controller, which I'm just getting sore thumbs thinking about it. Um, <laughs> do you think the um, the control scheme was a bit ambitious for AVP? I mean, I know you only had three buttons and the number pad, but sort of like first person shooters after a set point. I mean, if you say it now, people think either mouse and keyboard are like twin stick controls. Yeah. Do you think it was a bit ambitious for a three button pad? I mean, it worked, but it hurt. <laughs> it, it was, and we, we we had a, a lot of iterations of how do we make this play, and that was that was uh, the, the controllers wasn't my good lights, um, but, but I was obviously sat next to him and involved in this. And we, we we tried we tried numerous permutations of how to play, it. and to be honest, we. We spent a long time over, and it wasn't perfect, but I, I think it was the best that we could offer at the time, based on the best on the control system we had. In it. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was. I think I think it was the best of all the options. I, I would be the first to say it's not perfect, but I, I think the nature of the project didn't really lend itself to that controller. But so we we did the best we could with it. Mm. I did. I love the overlays, mind you, that they shipped in the box. That was fantastic. Oh yeah, favorite overlays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Often the first thing to go in the second hand market, those. You yeah, know, people always lose them or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Still got mine, by the way. <laughs> still got all of them. The the little bits that go into the pad might be a bit bent, and one of them might be missing, but I've still got them. <laughs> still works, don't it? There you oh go. yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, the interesting thing about the the twin sticks, you know, the the dual analog stick sort of thing for the shooters these days is when, when I think it was, I want to I want to say the the. 98 99 when the first game came out that had that used both of those sticks like the left one to move you forward and backwards yeah, yeah. and the right one to, to look around and the reviews for it were dreadful they were like this is the worst it was like this is the worst yeah. uh control scheme ever no one's ever gonna I'm like gonna it it's gonna die off. <laughs> it was um i'll tell you what game that was that was uh alien resurrection on the ps1 oh, yeah, the option it had the option to use the the dual analog sticks and at the time that control scheme was slated people hated it mm. really did and then after that i think there was an option in goldeneye for the n64 where you could use two pads yeah, never right. used it that was an option where you yeah. could use two pads to like aim and move that, that was crazy. closer to what we have now I've, I've never tried it i should be well, that was another product i had input into but that's a whole different story because I, I was director of development at mgm and, and ran the goldeneye project ah. wow like I left after, after AVP, I got I, I got offered to go to Metro Golden Mayor to their interactive division. I, was, I, I became director of product development for MGM with the Bond game. Ah. I mean, if MGM comes to you and says, "Do you want a job?" You kind of say, "Yep." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I did because uh, Atari, uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, you know, Sam and, uh, and the family were retiring, and you know, there were various offers going around. And, MGM came to me and said, you know, you've done AVP, you know, really know how to make movie games. Do you, do you want to come and run our, our interactive division and, uh, and deal with movie games with us? So that's, that's how I got involved with, with GoldenEye. I'm not, I'm not claiming the code of GoldenEye or any of those stuff because that was rare. A fantastic mm. team. But I, yeah. I, was, I was responsible for the product on behalf of MGM. Mm. That's pretty cool. Mm. That's pretty cool. I've been um, around. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there, there was something. I, I, so I've seen. I've seen on Twitter 
right? You'd said on Twitter a few days ago, as of the time of recording, and I mean, you may be able to talk about this, you may not, um, that you've got like a, a Q&A session coming up. Um, can you tell, yeah, I, tell I, us a little bit more about that? We've solved it now, haven't we? But, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah Cancel that. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> you've heard it here first, folks, quite literally. Yeah, this is what yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and it was, it was, it was, it was very, very much, uh, I, I had numerous people contacting me privately on Twitter saying, I've got so many questions about AVP, can we, can we ask them to you? Uh, and, and then a friend of mine said, well, why not don't you do it on the, you know, like a, a Zoom chat or, or, you know, these group chat things like Zoom for, for, for multiple users, you know, we get, you know, 100 people there to ask questions and moderate it. So that's, uh, that's something in planning. If people are interested, they, they can let me know if we haven't answered every question tonight. You know? mm-hmm. That sounds great. Because it's certainly ad hoc. I mean, you, you guys are welcome to come along too. I mean, but it was, it, was, it was literally lots and lots of people. I get you'd be amazed how many comments I get from people. Totally blown me away. So many people said, could you answer this question? Could you answer that? And I, like tonight, I think it's nice to share that with the community rather than just one-on-one so we all get the info, you know? Mm-hmm. Must be a bit of a shocker answering questions about a game that's this old. And people and still asking. And I, and I say that. I, I get asked every single day. If I'm doing my normal day job in the games industry, I, I get on a telephone call with somebody to talk about something completely unrelated. They go, oh, AVP. <laughs> <laughs> and then we know it's... I, I, was, I was talking to, to all the Doctor Who's recently, Sylvester McCoy. And he was, he was, he was a doctor in, what, 87? And I was, I was saying to Sylvester, you know, we... He, he, he still gets remembered, no matter what else he's done, he gets remembered as being Doctor Who. No matter what else I've done, no matter what I've worked at EA, the Microsoft Flight Sim, all these other things, people always come back to AVP. It's sort of like an actor being typecast, isn't it? But it's, am, I, am I upset? No, because I think I'm actually really, really proud that, that 27 years later, people still want to talk about what we did there. And that, that actually yeah. genuinely moves me. I think we did something right. I mean, how, how many games out of all the games released? 27 years later, people are going to be asking you every day. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think to your point there about, um, you know, with actors and things uh, and, and, and different industries where people are like, you're famous for this really, for this really famous thing. Um, uh, like you say, you see it all the time. Um, I think I, c- I can't remember whether I said it in the recording in this chat or whether I said it before we hit record or not, but, um, you know, I'm a huge fan of mash and, you know, unfortunately some of the actors aren't with us anymore, but those that are still with us, they are still known as, Oh wow. Alan Alda, you're Hawkeye Pierce, not mm-hmm. Alan Alda. You started in these hundreds of movies and you've been in the West wing and you've been in 30 rock and you've been in this, that, and the other. It's no, no, no. You're that guy Hawkeye from the Korean war, are you? Yeah. And, no, I think I think some of us as game developers get get the same thing. I mean, I was talking to Jeff Minton, and not all you guys were from the entire scene, but Jeff and I, I go back to Jeff back to our teens long before Jeff and I knew each other long before Tempest and Atari and all the rest of it. We 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 were we were doing eight bit games alongside each other in the early eighties. And Jeff said Jeff said to me, he said, Nobody ever talks about those effing games because Jeff being Jeff. <laughs> you know, all, all the talk about is, is Tempest and they said but you know what we didn't we have such a great time at Atari you and me we love it you know and he was right mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I mean all, all, all the stuff of Attack of the Mutant Landers and Matron and Gridrun and all these things nobody talks about it anymore people just talk about Tempest and I, I get no matter how many 8 big games 16 big games and 
know, every, everything else I've done, console games and everything, people say, you're the AVP person, aren't you? And, you know, <laughs> so, so, so Jeff, Jeff and I both say that we probably must remember that was for Atari. And, we, and we're actually seriously now to all you guys listening. We're, we're really grateful. Thank you. Because we, we, we felt that we've, we've done something right, you know, to, to, to have, that, have, that, have that love of the community, if I could put it that way. It's, mm-hmm. it's AVP's just so special. It's it's an underrated classic, and it's, that's why people still talk about it. It's just so special. I mean, I'm going to prompt Jay to tell a story here, but um, Jay, could you tell Jane what happened first time a face hugger hit the screen? <laughs> okay, so to set the scene, I'm eight years old, so legally I shouldn't have been playing the game anyway. And I'm younger eight, than him, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm eight years old, if that, right? And... We're 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 around at um at our dad's house, and he lived in a block of flats, and I'm playing Alien vs Predator for the very first time on uh, you know on the living room TV, and all of a sudden, voila! There's a face ogre on the screen. I throw the controller on the floor and I yell ah and run to the other end of the flat. However, because of the way that sound works, he sounded like I was getting further away. So oh, there's my dad come running in the room going, he's thrown himself out the window. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> all these things I've been responsible for. <laughs> Fortunately, that didn't happen. But yeah. was, was that it was, yeah. Yeah, you see. And, and, and you, you never knew that, you know, AVP was, 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 was finished on Annaby Road. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> and there you go. Wow. Because when, when we, Mike, Mike and I wanted to take a break from the States for a short while, mm-hmm. uh, come back to the UK, and additionally, we only had three months on our visa. So you could only go into the US for three months at a time then. So we had to leave for a few days or whatever, a week or whatever, then come back and refresh our visas. Uh, so we, we, we decided where, where would we go, and uh, my parents offered. So we, we, we ended up at my, my parents' house uh, in Gypsyville. Um, and we, uh, Junction, you know, where Annabelle Road meets Gypsyville, and we, we, uh, we, built, we, we built most of the end, end sequences for the, for the game right, right there next to Old City's old football ground. Wow. And Sam, Sam, Sam Tramiel. Uh, and, and and his daughter Sarah, uh, Bob Gledo, head of Atari Europe, all all, all came traipsing down to to Hull. Had nights out in Hull, New York, with us, and we got all our all our kit was shipped from the US to, to meet us in Hull. And we we literally those those. I mean, I, I walked in one day. Uh, there was Mike Beaton coding coding on my on my dad's kitchen table, and then and then, then there's Sam Trammell. The president and CEO of Atari sat there drinking Newcastle Brown with my dad on the sofa. <laughs> <laughs> <Did you> know? <laughs> but, oh, yeah, I mean, people, people have no idea that happened in Hull. Wow. <laughs> uh, That's awesome. <laughs> incredible. And every, every time I see Sam now or talk to Sam, he always he always says, send my regards to your dad and let's talk Newcastle Town. And if he, if, he, if, he, if he ever gets to the UK, he goes out for a drink with my dad. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> wow. You know, it's I'm funny. People, people, sorry, sorry, speech. People talk about the, the, the Tramiel family and they say, oh, they were terrible, this, that, and the other. And you know what? Kindest souls on the planet to me. It's just, it was that thing again where somebody's famous or somebody's not famous. 
They were, they were absolutely fantastic with me. They say, so Sam and my dad became firm friends within, you know, within within the first week of AVP being finished at home. God, but more pin numbers are flying out my brain now. I'm losing childhood <laughs> memories because of these mind blowing facts. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. So I mean, we 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 went off into in this whole city centre, and you know, I did I had I Chinese meals and all the rest of it. Went off to went off to York and did all sorts of stuff with Sam and the, the entire family. His daughter, his daughter flew over from, from California and joined us. So, so people people think of of, of AVP being written in Sunnyvale with the Atari offices and all the rest of it. Well, yeah, but there's a good month of it. it was it was written in Hull, and virtually everyone from Atari relocated for that time. Oh. <laughs> See, that's why that's why Hull should have run City of Culture. <laughs> yes, and that's and this, and this is right. And if you and if you if you dig your manual out, if you still got it, screwed, if you look at the back, then the special thanks. That's why it says the Whitaker family, because they, my my parents fed and watered and gave everyone a bed while we were finishing the game. I am going to dig that out and have a look now. I'm going to It wasn't just me. I'm a Terry Thank the family. That was I. I didn't put that in. That was that. That was Sam and Jack Trammell who, who put that in. Wow. I'm digging that out. I've got to have a look now. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And my, my, okay. girlfriend, my girlfriend at the time from Hull, Lena, Lena Tan Chegim's in the credits too. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. so, so it's yeah. it literally, literally, we made the game at home. We, if we, if we got, if we, if we had technical problems, then what the hell, how the hell are we going to fix this? We went to spend points to clear our heads. <laughs> I like it. It's never dull in Hull when you're making AVP. No. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. So there was there was something you tweeted out um a few weeks back, uh Jane. You said you you might have been working on a spiritual sequel to oh. AVP. Is this something you could talk about or is this still oh it's still in development, can't really say anything? Oh it's horrendously secret, let me tell you all about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> can, you, can, you, can you have every listener sign an NDA and trip the two? No. I mean, um, yeah. When when they download it, they've they, they will do the EULA thing, right? By listening to this episode, <laughs> you've agreed to sign an NDA. Who, who, who agrees to them? Because you well, know, you, 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 you sign over your firstborn, don't you? And then half of those, you never read them when you buy it. You, know, you get a guy coming around three years later saying, "You you played this game. You didn't read the EULA, did you?" You was your kid. <laughs> you didn't read the fine print. <laughs> <laughs> you thought you were buying them. We we were buying your kids. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I mean. So getting back to the point before I, before I get done for being terribly unpolitically correct. Um, well, what the idea was was so many people said to me, "You you had so many ideas in AVP. What have you changed? What have you done?" I mean, things like climbing aliens and all these different things I wanted to do. And I, I loved the tension of AVP. I didn't want this rush to an environment, bang, 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 big, big, fast-paced shoot. I didn't want it. I wanted you to be scared every corner you went around. I wanted, I wanted the tension more than speed. I didn't. I, I, I wanted, I wanted something that was scary, like the original Alien. I didn't want it to be a shooting gallery. Uh, and I, I wanted to. I've, and I've been toying around with coming back to that and, and, and getting feelers out there with people. I've started specking it out now, so it's. It'll probably be a Jaguar version, just for the fans in my own time. Not not as a commercial thing, not to make any money from. 
as a as a thank you to the fans to the Jaguar version. It will you know it will just go out cover costs and thank them all uh, as a as a, a game that that takes those themes again. I want to I want to I want to do that. Get attention again. Get the get that fear. Get that horror feel. Uh, I'd like to do it on PC and consoles if I get publisher support. Mm. Uh, that that'd be nice to do it as, as sort of become the day job title. We might never do that. It might it might just it might stay the the you know the, the thank you title. And if it is, it's fine. Uh, but there's just there's just so many things I wanted to do. Unlikely I'll get the alien license because I, I haven't got 10, 20 million quid sat in my back pocket. Um, <laughs> you know, unless Fox are feeling really generous to me on their PR, you're listening, Mister Fox. Um, I mean, wouldn't that technically be Disney now? Because yeah. Disney own Fox, right? They do, so, don't they? so, like the rights. Does that mean that Sigourney Weaver is a Disney princess? No, 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 no. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. The Alien Queen is now a Disney princess. There you go. This is true. <laughs> this is so true. Right? That's, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Give me ideas now. <laughs> and Com- combine the Alien Queen as a Disney princess with the pirouetting aliens well, from the tech demo. That's there you go. You see? In my head, yeah. If you don't like the game, guys, this is who you play. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I quite seriously want want to do that as uh, for the fans and for me, and just to just just to say, even it doesn't have to be the alien. I'm not I'm not trying, I'm not trying to steal copyrights or anything. Just I want to go back and do do a, a monster game and, and make it really scary. So take all those ideas and just push them into a direction that I wasn't able to do at the time. Just, just have it. that, just have that tension of you see the the outline of an alien hurtling towards you, and you hear the you hear that bloody predator anytime. Don't you just just shut up? You're creeping you along that. anytime. Would you just go, go away? Would you? <laughs> and then the music kicks in, and oh. the musical number starts, and birds start <laughs> flying in, and the aliens start pirouetting. It's Alien versus Predator, the Broadway version. No, um, oh, Broadway version, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! Okay. My mind can only take so much. <laughs> I, I I love this idea of taking the yeah. the ideas that you maybe didn't have time to put into the original and putting them into a, a newer title. And I love the idea of trying to keep that because I don't I don't think, in my personal opinion, I don't think any other alien franchise game has managed to approach the level of atmosphere that avp had right oh, no. no not because like there's the i mean it's it's unheard of even in a game at that time and a game now especially a, a sort of shooter game now there's no music there's no sound effects other than what's literally happening on screen um and you're just walking around for 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 some parts of the game Empty corridors, and then bam, something jumps out at you. You know, fossil design. That's exactly what we wanted in the gameplay. And I, and I think you're right. I don't, I don't think anybody else has done it the same before or since. And I, I think I, I, I'm really proud. I think we still stand out in by today's standards with that atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, uh, and and I think you should be proud, Jane. I mean, I'm, I'm. I'm, I'm a huge fan of AVP, and uh, like I said, the, the the newer ones just feel like they devolve very quickly into shooting galleries. Mm. You know, yeah, which you said there is really hard. We worked really hard to avoid because that's not what we wanted to do. I see. I see. I mean, that makes sense, right? Because like, uh, I think 
I watched a video that Purple Hamilton put out of a retrospective that he gave. And he was saying like, yeah, yeah, we, we watched the movies and we wanted to recreate those, you know, those scenes, that feeling. And yeah. from my point of view, as, as a fan of the movies and a fan of AVP on the Jaguar, I feel like it is pretty much a one-to-one, <laughs> you know? We, we put a lot of research in. I mean, a lot of research in. I, I probably spent 200 hours of the movies before I ever wrote a line of card. I filled notebooks of what I wanted to do for the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, and that's what you've got to do. I, I think maybe that's why you don't get one of the many reasons why you don't get movie tie-in games anymore. Because, you know, y- and, unless you are doing a genre movie, then, uh, yeah, unless you're doing that, you need to really absorb the 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 source material before you can put it into something that someone's going to play. Um, and there, there are lots of other reasons why they don't make movie tie-in games anymore, uh, primarily because it takes too long and um, also because it's way too expensive and the, the the return you get is almost nothing unless you make GoldenEye, <laughs> in yeah. which case you make like something like 10 times more m- money with the game than you did with the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's not bad doing, is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've I've got to say, even to this day, and this is this is honest truth, even to this day, with me being more um, more dexterous and stuff, and even with stuff like the cheat code for infinite health and stuff, to this day, I've never killed the alien queen because it freaks me the hell out. I can't go anywhere near her. I just mm-hmm. you, you, you stumble into the room, you see all the eggs, and then the alien queen comes hailing at you. Pad down. Nope. <laughs> yeah, okay. I still can't do it. Yeah, we wanted, we wanted that. that. That was the last. Actually, the very last thing I coded in the game was the Alien Queen. I, I wanted to be my finale as I finished the game, and it was. And I, I, I think we got it right there again. I, I think there's a bug, by the way. I'm quite old, and there's a bug there. That I, I spotted up, you know, about four hours after it shipped, as you do. And sometimes <laughs> I should leave the room and follow you. Uh, it wasn't supposed to supposed to stay in that zone. Uh, we made some interesting <laughs> gameplay, uh, but uh, but yeah, that was that was the last thing I did. It was, it was, it was something I wanted to be really special as a finale, and I, I wanted to create such such an atmosphere and such a sense of panic in the play when they faced that queen, and it panicked me first time I was fighting her. And I and I, I think we carried that across into the ship invasion. That was like, whoa, what's this? And oh my god, I'm dead. Thanks. And you've got to think about it again, how he did it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, well, it worked. I still haven't killed her. I won't go near her. <laughs> yeah. And that's, can't and, that's, do it. and that's the point, isn't it? That we we we, we made that that sense of tension, that sense of fear, that almost that terror. And that's that's why when you see the, the TV adverts that Atari did, you get that real sense of terror in the, in the TV adverts, because it's what we end for in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to say that... Uh, they, I, I, I don't think it's fair to say this, but I've always found the uh, the the TV adverts for the Alien versus Predator on the Jaguar kind of campy and silly. Oh, brilliant! I love <laughs> they, them. they are they're brilliant, but um, the mother's arm and all that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel like it, it really put across the true um, atmosphere of the game, especially with it like constantly cutting back to shoot the alien, shoot the alien. It feels more like it's a uh, action pack game, but I think that makes sense with the demographic that Atari were going for. But what do I know? I'm, and that, and that, that, in that in that one way where it's uh, where where, where the, the kid gets scared by the alien behind him, all the severed arm type thing while he's playing the game. 
Mm-hmm. I, you know, that, that wasn't him playing the game. That was me and Mike. They recorded me and Mike for that. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Is, that was all pre-canned footage of that kid playing the game. Me and Mike the day before they shot the, shot the ad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's brilliant. Um, for anyone who hasn't seen it, I'll put a link to it in the show notes or something so that you it's, can it's watch fun to that. Watch. Uh, oh, yeah, it is. yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. It's so much special, I, yeah. I've not, I've not <laughs> seen the game advertised that way since before or since you know, on television. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's, they're all a bit too serious, I think, um, mm. for games these days. I think we could we could, we could do with a little bit more campy, silly, tongue in cheek. You know that I, I think something needs to come out with an advert like that. I think, but then you know, too many companies are very much the bottom line and and get their things sold. But maybe that's a discussion for another day. Uh- <laughs> Tommy were great about that. They, they, they let us put the creative first. And then we, Sam never ever said no to anything we wanted to do. Oh, right. Interesting. It's, it's mm. fun. We need to have fun adverts. It, 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 basic thing was if you, if you meet the deadline, make the game you want to make. And that's, mm-hmm. that's nice, isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's the kind of boss that you want. That's it. Okay. Um, well, I tell you what, Jane. Right, we've 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 kept you for well over an hour now, um, and we're getting late into the evening. So, you know, I, I I appreciate you've got other things to do. But before we sign off, I was wondering, where can folks go to find out more about you and the uh, projects that you're working on, all that kind of stuff? Uh, I know you said earlier on you've joined Twitter recently, uh, at the yeah, beginning of this year. Place. That's a good place to meet me. I like Twitter because people can ask me questions and I'll answer live. So if I'm you know, I'm sat working. Somebody tweets me. I, I will. I will respond and answer. Always answer questions on the game and everything. So, well, I almost, almost become my de facto portfolio when people ask me questions about my games because I, I, I'm happy to tweet them out to people and discuss them. Yeah. So, I, 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 websites are all fine, but it's 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 a one way street, isn't it? Whereas I found, you know, I've never been a social media person, but I found with Twitter that if somebody asks about something that. You know, I can I can engage with them like like I engaged with yourself before this. It's mm-hmm. it's uh, I, I I find that's that's a great showcase of a way of meeting the people. So I, when when we made the game, we never met the people who bought them. You mm-hmm. you you think you guys are there playing them as kids? Now, right? we never met you. We never we never met any of those people. We 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 just saw the box going into the warehouse, and that was that. Whereas now I get a chance to meet the people who actually play these games. Yeah, I think I think that's one of the things that. Um... So Twitter, I think, kind of democratizes meeting people. I think that's probably the wrong way to put it. But, like, I could literally, they may never respond, but I could literally send, I don't know, a tweet to Obama or a tweet to Hulk Hogan, right? Or can you see where all my interests lie, right? But you could send a tweet to literally anyone. Um, I could tweet at one of my favorite uh, Japanese rock stars. They may never reply, but I've got a direct line directly to their phone, right, which is both... I, I keep saying it, right? It's a double-edged sword. It's a good thing and a bad thing. It's a good thing for, I suppose, for fans, because then they can say, hey, I really like this thing you've created. But then for the creators, it's like, oh, my goodness, I've got a billion people sending me messages, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean I'll silly enough to reply to you guys. Look, I spent all night now, Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, we, we've like been recording it. since yesterday. That's what it is. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> Yeah, what, what what the listeners aren't going to realise is, you know, we, we, we've edited this down for thirty hours. That's it. That's it. Welcome it's, to it's, part six. That's <laughs> it. We'll we'll release a, a Lord of the Rings style special edition on about fifteen uh, Blu-rays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Jackson. That's it. <laughs> Maybe we should tag him into the uh, to the tweet when we when we release the episode. That's it. Interviewed Jane Whitaker Games. Thought you might be interested um, at Peter Jackson. <laughs> there, there we go. That's it. To give me a call back, I've got some ideas. There you go. You see. <laughs> okay, so um, so Twitter is the best place to to catch up with you, then I guess. Yeah, and people really are welcome to engage with me. So I do actually read read and listen to everyone. A lot of developers will go through PR agents and all the rest of it to do the tweets. I, so you actually really get to me. Okay, awesome, awesome. Well, like I say, I'll I'll, um, I'll, I'll put a link to uh, Jane's Twitter in the in the in the show notes. Uh, so if you're listening on like a podcatcher or something, click through and make sure you head over to the Waffling Rocks page for it. Uh, that's our URL, and uh, and I'll make sure to to tag Jane in on the tweets that go out about it. Um, so then you can catch up with uh, with us all there. And um, I guess. I guess that's that's really all, all all I have to say. Squidge, have you got anything else to say? Any other last thoughts? It's uh, it's been a genuine pleasure to talk to the person who was responsible for freaking me out as a kid, um, <laughs> who was responsible for the predator chasing me, not realizing that he was turned down the predator, and the the fact that the alien was a, a distorted baby scream is just. Oh, I still can't process that. That's um, going out of windows. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> That's it, right? <laughs> yeah, but it's 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 been a genuine pleasure to talk to you. It really has. Yeah, I'm, I'm, no, I'm actually really grateful for you guys to invite me. I've had a I've had a really good fun time. It's, it's it's nice to go back over over some of those things, and I hope people really enjoy hearing some of the anecdotes. I I deliberately wanted not to talk about front of house, but things behind the scenes that maybe put a uh, a different perspective and add some more fun to the game. Mm-hmm. Excellent, yeah. Uh, I have to echo Squidge's thoughts. Uh, it's been a genuine pleasure talking to you, Jane. Even if, even if we weren't going to talk about AVP, even if we were just going to talk nonsense for an hour, it has been so much fun. And we've talked about AVP. We've hit all the points yeah. that that I think I wanted to I wanted to talk about. And I, I, it, it 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 really is a genuine pleasure to have chatted with you, Jane. Thank you ever so much. Thank you. Now, next time, guys, all in wrestling chat. That's it. <laughs> That's it. We'll have a we'll have a British wrestling superstars episode. That's there it. That's go. it, Jane. You and me, British wrestling superstars. The podcast. Yeah, you, I'm too old. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen what you've done, Jane? You've set him off. Have you seen what you've done? Yeah, I should have got another help. podcast idea. That's it's, it. It's, seriously, guys. It's it's been a great pleasure from from my end too. I hope, I hope people I hope people really really enjoy and, and take something away from the the chat chat tonight we've we've had fun but it's it we we we've we've gone through forty years of gaming history. I hope you've enjoyed. Thank you ever so much, Shane. It's been loads of fun. Thank you. Thank you. Oh hey, 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 are you alright man? You've been out for about an hour. So uh, I I kinda got bored and, and, and I ate the pizza. <sighs> Charming. I get a facehugger, you get pizza. Look, I didn't want it to go to waste. <laughs> well, I'm getting out of here. Saved you some pizza! Where, 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 where are you off? Oh, hey! Do you want some uh, now, now cold pizza? It's got pepperoni on it. It's very nice.
Intro music is Among the Stars by Muse Station Productions. Outro music is I Need You Watashi no Sabate by GH. Spoiler break music is Spectrum Subdiffusion Mix by Phonics. Palette cleanser music is Breathe Deep, Breathe Clear by Siobhan Daguet. See the show notes for more details. The Waffling Tailors podcast is a proud member of the J&J Media Network. To find out more about J&J Media, head over to jayandjay.media or check the show notes for a link.